This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. In Braves country, we are so excited for you to meet our new proud sponsor, Billy Reed. Now, Billy is an award-winning fashion designer who is redefining global style from his home base in the Shoals in Alabama. He is also a diehard baseball fan who grew up cheering on the Braves, and he offers a line of Atlanta-inspired hats, t-shirts, and accessories that embody the soul of our city. Billy and his team craft luxurious, made-in-the-USA shirts, denim, and more, all with a timeless modern style that will have you wearing them again and again. Experience them for yourself at his two Atlanta shops, one in Buckhead and one at White Provisions, or discover them online at BillyReed.com. That's BillyReed, R-E-I-D.com. Welcome to Behind the Braves, presented by Billy Reed, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast from MLB.com, alongside Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. And Greg, the offseason has finally arrived. So we've we finally got the postseason over and done with. We all know what happened there. <laughs> so that's done with, but now the offseason's here. Uh, it's that time where the, the rumors, the hot stove is, uh, is is lit as we speak, and all the rumors are out there, and options are being picked up and declined and all that good stuff. So um, for me, I, this is an exciting time of year. I always like uh, like this time of year. I kind of like all of the rumors and the what-ifs and the, the everybody fantasizing about what their potential roster would be and all of that. And um, it's interesting to talk to people who actually work in the game and who are either big parts of those decisions or small parts of those decisions or have just been around the game for a while or working with the next wave of talent. And uh, we've got one of those guys, one of your old teammates, a guy who I think for longtime Braves fans, they should be familiar with him. He's been – he was with the team. He was Greg Maddox, Greg Maddox's personal catcher basically in the 90s. He's the 1999 NLS MVP, longtime catcher, longtime coach, and now special assistant Eddie Perez. Um, great personality really sharp guy uh, with a, a pretty interesting story to tell um, to talk about Eddie a little bit man and, and oh and we should mention um, I, I was I by the time this podcast came up with Eddie I had already had some family friend commitments back in Virginia that I had that I couldn't really get out of so I couldn't be part of this this particular taping which I hated because I was looking forward to getting to talk with Eddie um, but there were some fan questions in this live taping and 
the uh, mysteriously the microphone on which the fans ask questions that that audio from the, that microphone wasn't recorded on here so I'm not saying I sabotaged it so that I can then do the voiceover for these questions, but I'm just saying that's kind of what happened is that even though I wasn't there, I've managed to weasel my way in to still ask questions uh, during Behind the Braves. So well, take we, it away. We missed you. It was, uh, it was a good time. Here. That was our first live uh, live podcast, and that's something that you and I have talked about that we want to do more of in 2020, and we've already got the wheels in motion for that, and it looks like um, – We'll have some opportunities. I think it went well. I think it works. And I know that it was enjoyable for me. And I know that uh, you had had a great time doing that too as well. Being able to actually talk to not only Braves fans, but fans of the podcast, get their feedback. You know, I was able to probably, there was probably about 100 people there. And uh, a bunch of people I was able to hand out uh, cards to that that weren't, you know, uh, weekly subscribers or you know that listen to us on a regular basis so they were able to hear the uh, the podcast for the first time hopefully they're joining us now and they'll be able to hear some of the that was our number 47th our uh, our glavin episode yeah the number 47 that's right 47th episode so hopefully they'll be able to go back and enjoy and and i talked about that a little bit uh in the podcast hey go back and, and enjoy some of the hall of famers and staff members and current players that we have in the library and um so it was good it was a lot of fun and um i hope that's something we get a chance to do but we did miss you um eddie didn't miss you because he didn't know you so yep, um <laughs> that's right i met him one time on a bus in 2013 the braves country caravan i doubt he remembers that so but eddie's great people obviously we go way back and uh, i remember him being 17 18 years old and just starting his career course at that time he had already been playing in the minor leagues for four years we met in a ball uh what we call high a which is the carolina league of the durham bulls where they made the movie so i think we were two years removed two or three years removed from that from that movie and of course they had the old brick downtown durham the old brick and the big bull out there and and uh have some great memories and one thing i brought up is that there were 13 guys from from that team that made it to the big leagues and several of the players made big contributions to the 1995 world series team eddie was one of those guys that uh has a unique perspective in the organization he was signed by the braves he played eight years in the braves minor leagues minor league organization he played in the big leagues um he coached in the big leagues he coached in the minor leagues and now he's working the front office so i don't know if there's anybody in our organization that that has all that i i have some of that but being a coach um in the minor leagues and in the big leagues that's a pretty stout resume for somebody who knows this organization very very well and so it was great to have him on and um he's he's always positive and and um just a wealth of knowledge and and great to be around he's very involved in the alumni association what we do here with alumni sundays alumni weekend he does appearances podcasts um he's he's just he's everywhere he's always happy to be involved he's involved in charity events and supporting other alumni we were just playing uh we're members at the same club and we uh, were playing golf together um, a week ago, and then we've been together some of the tournaments. So he's he's a he's a um, what we call you know like some of the colleges like Vol for Life, right? He's a Braves for Life, and 
and he's been involved in um, a lot of things that we do here and and he's a great asset to this organization yeah he's somebody he's his uh i think his view and perspective of the organization is so unique because as you just laid out there is there anybody else around here that maybe knows the organization in and out as well as he does just from the amount of different perspectives mm-hmm. he's been able to work in it and see it from um, minor leagues, both as a player, as a coach, big leagues, both as a player, as a coach, front office, uh, working with the young kids now as an instructor, which was which you'll hear a little bit of that yeah. in this. And, and then also, and I love and I believe uh, this is how you started the interview. Uh, hearing him talk about becoming an American citizen and why that was important to him. I I love, A, that you asked that and that that was where you started the conversation because that's just, that's one of those things that's so much bigger than the game that uh, it's, it's, I never get tired of hearing people who, who've, who've immigrated here and talk about becoming a citizen and making them this, this country their home. I, I, that's always great to hear. Yeah. Uh, so that was really cool. And A, I did, I really hated not being there. I really did. And I had, besides you, I had a few people who were there who texted me or tweeted me or sent me a Snapchat or whatever saying, where, you know, where the heck were you? <laughs> that kind of stuff. Thought you were going to be here. I and just I, told them you needed a break. That's, I heard. Yeah. I listened to it. But it was, kind of cool i was driving back from virginia yesterday and uh buzz from from raise vision the great guys of raise vision who who film a lot of these episodes so that we can put them on youtube he sent me the audio so that i could hear it so i could then put together the audio version of this podcast and it was kind of cool to listen to behind the braves as a listener (laughs) would hear it and not uh not know what i was going to hear um, and that that was that perspective of it was really cool. So mm. I think we 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 might have a, actually have a good show here, Greg. Yeah, <laughs> over a good. year into We're it, getting good feedback. Yeah, I, I had somebody send me an email yesterday and just said uh, I went out and ran three miles today, and I got a chance to listen to the uh, Bowman interview, mm-hmm. and it helped me get through the three miles. Nice. So I mean, you know that's helpful right i mean that's a good thing we help somebody run three miles so uh, at least take their mind off the pain of running i can't imagine i haven't run since 1989 so (laughs) i'm sure i know that that would be very painful for me to do that but uh yeah so we're getting great feedback from uh, fans and then of course it's great to talk to people face to face Mm -hmm. and hopefully that's what we'll get to do more of as we go out and and do some of these live podcast and then we've said it before but it bears repeating especially since i know you we have people there in the audience for this one who that was their first time hearing behind the braves and maybe they've they took the card from you and they've subscribed whether they they subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify if they listen on our website if they go to the youtube page um if you're just now if you're a new listener to behind the braves our whole catalog greg mentioned this we've now done 47 of these our whole catalog is pretty pretty evergreen in that you could go back to episode number one that with tom glavin from september of 2018 and that's still very listenable now there's not much there that was just like current news or current topics we with all of our guests a lot of times we'll touch on maybe a little bit of current topics but a lot of these are things that are if you're just now listening, you can go back through and listen to the whole thing. And that's something I love hearing from people that they're just now discovering the show or just now giving it a chance that they maybe listen to the most recent ones, but then they start going back and then they'll pick and choose like maybe their favorite player was Bruce Benedict in the 80s or or maybe they saw Katie Hearn on, on uh, was it the Today Show or Good Morning mm-hmm. America? She might have been on both by now because she's a freaking mm-hmm. rock star. <laughs> um, uh, but maybe they want to hear of more a longer interview right. with her. So uh, I highly encourage 
encourage you if you're just now getting in, getting into the show and you're enjoying it, go back and check some of those older episodes. We've had a lot, a wide range of guests from players, front office, celebrity fans, uh, people that aren't celebrities from the front office but are certainly rock stars in their own right. Mm-hmm. Uh, go back and listen to it. So, um, well, listen, I don't want to deprive you. We don't want to deprive you of hearing from Eddie any longer. I will say again, uh, the fan questions just because of uh, the mic that we had in the room uh, wasn't. Uh, we didn't get the audio from that. So I've gone back and I've voiced those questions. Uh, if you're one of those people asked the questions, I apologize if I'm not getting it word for word. I'm paraphrasing, so I hopefully I've, I've got your, the meaning of your well, question. Wait a right. minute. Did you did you try to make each voice unique? So did you do one like a well, girl see, and then one like a, a, a Well, guy? I haven't. I've, I wrote them all Different out this morning. nationalities. I wrote them all out this morning. Uh, but So I haven't actually. I'm going to record them later today. So maybe that's a, that's a thought there. I did notice, I believe the last gentleman's name asked a question. I think he was, uh, if I heard the audio right, uh, or what the audio we had is kind of, uh, it's kind of, you hear it like off in the distance in the background. Um, I believe he said he was name was David from South Carolina and he definitely had a Southern twang. So I'm like, all right, I can just turn up my current voice. My, the way it is, the way I talk now, I just ramp it up a little bit and I'll sound like David. Make, Make one guy Swedish. Okay, have a German <laughs> and, and Italian. Italian. Yeah. yeah, there was one kid in the audience. There was one yeah. kid asked the question okay. too, right? And then one female. One, the one more. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. I'm oh. not sure there was, but but you can do that. Just, just yeah, I'll just throw about that. I'll just we'll throw see out. what kind of uh, voice skills you have. This <laughs> this will be my voiceover audition. This will be good. All right. Well, without further ado, uh, here he is, Braves alum Eddie Perez. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, glad you guys are here to join us. Um, this is, uh, if you don't know, this is our first live podcast that we've ever done. So we're excited about that. Hopefully we're going to do more in 2020. But typically we're in the alumni lounge and we're doing, we're just having a conversation with, uh, as Mark said, uh, alumni, some staff, current players, coaches, and, uh, and then that's why. So we wanted to do some live podcasting because we think it's kind of a cool experience to have you here and to be able to have you guys join in the conversation. So we'll do that. Um, and uh, but just to let you know, how many here have actually heard the podcast? Okay, we got a few subscribers here. Okay, so if you haven't, I've got some cards up here that I'll give out afterwards that you can just uh, it'll show you how to subscribe. And you can watch it on YouTube, you can hear it on Spotify, and uh, you can also go on Apple Music. So, And then it's also on our website. So I have some information about that if you're interested in listening. But um, just wanted to say thanks for coming, and I wanted to introduce our guest. Um, so if you might not know, he, uh, Mark said that we're going to have Eddie Perez here. Mark, uh, Mark was talking about just a little bit about this podcast has been around for a year. This is actually going to be our 47th episode. So uh, we have quite a few guys. I mean, if you, we have Hall of Famers, Hank Aaron, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz. We've had uh, Alex Anthopoulos on a couple times, Brian Snicker. We have a whole library of conversations that we've had with guys. So uh, you would love it. And there's also some front office staff that you may not know, like Katie Hearn is one of the uh, ladies that works in guest services who was blind, uh, went blind about three years ago, I believe. Just a great story about um, her perseverance and what she's done. So we have her on the podcast. But anyway, let me introduce Eddie. So Eddie's from Venezuela, if you don't know. Um, Eddie has been married. I think he's been married as long, and we're going to ask him this, but I think he's been married as long as I have because we played in the minor leagues together. 
So I think he's been married close to 30 years, has two kids, and uh, had an 11-year career in, uh, with the Braves, with the, uh, see, with the Brewers and the Indians. We won't talk about that. A um, little bit with them. Uh, he actually, his first hit was a home run in uh, 1995 when he got called up. He was on the World Series team in 95. He was on the World Series team in 96. He was on the World te- uh, Series team in 99. And he was the NLCS MVP in 1999. So please welcome Eddie Perez. Well, glad you're here, buddy. Let me clear something up. <laughs> 20 years. Oh, 20 years married. Okay. Well, so, okay. So maybe you and Marisol were dating when I met you. Well, um, no, we were married. We were in Durham. That was 20 okay. years. Okay. I guess yeah. why well, I was married before that. So yeah, maybe. Well, so. let me tell you a quick story. When I was, we turned 25, I told my wife, it feels like five minutes under the water. <laughs> Please cut that from the video. <laughs> so, hey, uh, it's been a while. We've known each other a long time. Uh, we started, I met Eddie in 1991. We were in Durham, Durham Bulls. And there were 13 guys off that team that made it to the big leagues. That's pretty amazing for an A-ball team. If you go back and look at the history of, of Class A teams, that doesn't happen very often. But you think about Pedro Bourbon, David Need. You, me, Javi, um, we had, um, let's see, uh, Mike Kelly played center field. Ed Gianova was at second base. Uh, Coates. So we had a bunch Did of Chipper guys. Did was there late? No. no? Yeah, he may have come late. up later. Um, but uh, 91, and, and actually Grady Little was our manager. So pretty pretty neat team that we had there. And that team went up to double A the next year. And we set a record for wins in the uh, Southern League. And then a lot of those guys end up on the World Series team in 1995. So a couple things. You and I are going to have a conversation a little bit about kind of your career and what you're doing now. And then we'll let the audience ask a a few questions here at the end, okay? Perfect. So one of the things I wanted to start with is that if you guys didn't know this, but in 2014, Eddie became a naturalized citizen along with his wife and daughter. And I just, I thought that, yeah. What a great thing. We don't hear a lot of that. A lot of the players that come over here, that's just not – I don't think that's on their radar. But I just kind of wanted you to share why, why, that, why you felt that that was important and kind of what uh, – you know, how exciting that moment was when you actually – because I think it happened at Turner Field, right? It, it happens in the middle of the season, and it was funny because uh, you helped me out a lot. Uh, tried to go through the whole thing. Uh, and why I did it, because uh, I came here when I was 16 years old. And I came here by myself, and and I left all my family back home, and we were we were living okay back home then. Uh, I used to well, we used to live in uh, oil companies, and and I would say forty percent of the people where I live were Americans. Um, they went there and worked there, and when I when I decided to sign baseball, there my brothers, my mom, like, what are you doing? Why are you going to another country? We okay here. Guess what? They all living in my house now, right, <laughs> right, right here in Duluth, Duluth, Georgia. Um, but, but it, it, it was tough. It was tough for me. But when uh, I think I own this country, everything, everything I got. Um, Alana is my 
I'm not going to say it's my second house. It's my number one house. Um, I left when I was 16 years old. I still uh, bought my house in Duluth, Georgia, in 98, and I still live in the same house. Um, I love Atlanta. I love the United States. And I think doing that was um, part of uh, doing the right thing here for this country. And, and, and it was funny. I, I told you that you helped me, but uh, we were doing fancy camp that year. And I took off one day to do some of my uh, interviews for the citizenship. And uh, it was funny because the judge was there in fancy camp. So when I came back, he said, hey, uh, can I help you in something? I said, no, no. He said, well, I'm the judge, yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I need to set up the day. I don't want to miss any day in the season to do the interviews. And he go, oh, I got it. So he, he did the whole thing. All he asked was he wants to be on TV. So the crew went to his uh, court, and we did all the thing, and and then I find out he was one of my neighborhood. They live in the same neighborhood we live. So uh, nice guy. He's a judge. He's he retired this year. Uh, he was still together, and he, he's like I say, help. Uh, he's guy. one of my church members. Yeah, very nice guy. Well, he's, he's very tough, but to be <laughs> yeah. a judge. Well, that's great. That's very commendable. Um, and I, you know, I'm not surprised just because I've known you for a long time and, and you always want to do the right thing. And, and I think that's just something that takes a lot of effort. That's not easy to do. So it, it, it was, it was easier than now. So it's very tough to do. And, uh, and I don't think, uh, I think I'll, I'll wait too long to do it. Um, but, uh, took some times and, and now it's very hard. I'm glad I did it a long time ago, but I didn't do it because, uh, I think it was the right thing to do, and, and I'm not gonna. I think I'm gonna die here. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's going on. You you have a very unique perspective, and I feel like that I do too as well because we played here in the minor leagues uh, with the Atlanta Braves. We were both in the big leagues with the Braves, and now we're both in the front office. But you you have a little bit more experience because you not only coached in the minor leagues and you were signed originally by the Braves. Yeah. And so you played, and people, a lot of people don't realize this, Eddie played eight years in the minor leagues. And that, and that is usually an average career in the minor leagues, but guys are going up and down a lot, you know, from AAA. That's why it, it seems like a long time. You wouldn't know that with guys like Acuna and Albies and who, who you know, get rushed to the big leagues because they're so talented. But most of the guys grinded out through the minor leagues. Eddie was one of those guys we happened to meet early on, but he probably already spent four years in the minor leagues by the time we had met each other. And so he uh, then, after his playing days, he played 11 years, and then he went back as a coach in the minor leagues, and then Bobby signed him, and he, and he coached a long time at the big league level, and then he started working for us from the front office. So with all that experience, obviously, if I was running the Atlanta Braves, if I was Alex Anthopoulos or Terry McGurk, I would want somebody with all your experience here. But what, what have you learned from that that you are able to help with? Well, I guess, first of all, tell us what your role is now. And I know that um, that always changes from year to year, but what have you been doing the last few years in the front um, office? I, I, my title is a special advisor to the GM. Um, I, I do everything. Um, I came to the big league for a month and coach uh, for a month. Uh, our pitching coach uh, got some uh, problems, so he had to go home. So I took over the pitching co uh, bullpen coach and I was I spent one month, and no, and everybody's like, "Hey, you're back!" I said, "No, only for a month." Uh, well, actually, it was for a week, but um, he was keep calling me, say, "I gotta stay one more week, and I gotta stay one more week." So I stayed for for a whole month, and and then I went down, and our catcher instructor got hurt too, so I have to take over him. 
So I, I was I was busy. I, I don't know what my title is now. So I'm doing all kind of stuff, and and now we. Um, um, I like to work with the kids, and, and and I'm working with the catchers right now in the minor league, and and, and believe me, as, and you see a lot of good guys in the big leagues, but it's more coming. And I think our for me, our holes is catchers, but it's it's a good one coming. So uh, it will take a couple of years to get here, and. They're gonna be really good, really good. So that's that's why that's what I'm doing right now, working with the catchers most of the time. But I'm I'm free to work with pitchers and outfielders and all that stuff. I'm Terry Pendleton and me. We got the same title, so we're doing all the kind of stuff in the minor league, which is is, is unbelievable. In the beginning, it was hard. It, it was hard for me because I, I spent 33 years in the big leagues, and and getting this job was like, oh no, that's not good for me. I want to be on the field, but being down there, work with the kids and and telling me story about the big leagues and they're like, you know, every time you talk, you can see in their eyes they're less and, um, and, and I, lo- I love that. I like that and, and uh, uh, I, I like that job. It's the dream job, I think, for every uh, coach. I, I'm not done yet. I think I got more to go in the big leagues. I think uh, I'm going to get my chances to be coaching again or maybe something else and uh, but but I, I wait for my chance, and, and why I'm waiting, I, I want to learn everything. Uh, it's a new era right now about baseball. It's about numbers now, so I'm learning about numbers and 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 all the stuff because I want to learn. I want to know. I want to cover everything when I when I get in the big leagues again. Well, I remember having that conversation when you were transitioning from uh, on the field to off the field. And, you know, you were a little hesitant, yeah. like most of us are. You didn't really have a big transition from player because you went right into um, the minor leagues only for a year as a coach, and then you went right to the big leagues. So you really kind of delayed the transition that I see with a lot of alumni. Of course, you know, I'm the director of alumni relations, and I deal with many alumni who are transitioning from – a player to maybe dad or businessman or something like that. And, you know, some of the guys you may you may know right now, Chris Medlin, uh, Peter Moylan, uh, Kelly Johnson, Dan Ugla, those guys are now, and now Brian McCann, those guys are all making the transition. So I, I talk with them a lot about what what's going to happen next. You know, and so for a guy like Eddie who went from – player right into coach you kind of delay that transition and there's some adjustments but there wasn't much of a lull so and I know with all your experience and I can understand why the organization just gobbled you up and said hey you got to come work with us because you got a lot to offer so you see a lot of young a lot of young men that were in the position that you were 16 coming over here to America playing in a new place and trying to transition I would imagine that that is um, it's great for you to be able to talk to them and to help them because I think you have you have a lot to say. So that takes me to a question I have because you've got a you've got a son, a young son that's already been drafted once, and uh, Andres plays up at UNG. Yeah. He's a great athlete, catcher, following his dad's footsteps. So at his age, you have already played for two years, or three years in the minor leagues. So what kind of advice do you give him now? knowing that you basically could be talking to a, a 17, 18-year-old Eddie Perez back in the day. What do, or I know he has a different – he's lived a different life than yes, you. Very different. But, but what, what are the things that you talk to him about to prepare him? Well, um, he, he's smart. He's very smart. He's smart like mom, like his, his mom. He, he'd be like me. He'd be a genius. Um, uh, <laughs> 
Um, no, but you know what? I don't. I don't talk to him too much. I don't. I, I, don't, I always watch, and for what I see, that's when I'm, I say, "Don't do that. I'll do that." But I'll, I always tell him to work hard, work hard, and and be prepared. Be prepared. Try to learn every game. Because, uh, like I said, like you said, I spent eight years in the minor league, and I thought when I, my first year, when I was six, seventeen, I thought I was ready for the big leagues, you know. But I spent eight years, and those eight years. Remember, I didn't play every day. I was a backup in the minor league, too. You know, I was backup in the big league, but I was backup in the minor league. I always back up Javi Lopez. Uh, we have so many number one drafts, so I have to be a backup catcher for them. But I want to learn every game. I learn every game. And, and one of my managers, Grady Little, told me that, that long time. He said, you learn every game. And I try to learn something every game, every game. And, and that's what I told my son. You got to learn something every day. Every day you have to, even if you don't play, you have to learn something. And because when when your chance is coming, you have to be ready. That's the only thing I tell them. And 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 try to be honest, of course, and try to know everybody. Try to know everybody because uh, you never know who you're gonna need uh, in your career. Um, it's like right now, uh, I'm I'm doing this, but I, I receiving a lot of phone calls from a lot of ex friends or ex-players that I play with, uh, like David Ross last week. He asked me what I'm doing. I said, I'm with the Brave. I said, I would love to have you up here. I said, mm, too cold in Chicago. I don't like Chicago. <laughs> so, but uh, you know you know a lot of people. That, that's something that I think to tell my, my son to and make sure you know everybody, make sure you learn, make sure you be prepared for every game you're going to play. Well, some of you have been around, Eddie, because I, I recognize some fantasy campers here in the audience so you know that Eddie's very personable uh, but what you maybe remember as a player I remember as a as a pitcher because he caught me uh, not only when he was 17 or 18 in a ball but he caught me in double a and he caught me in the big leagues so um, he was an outstanding catcher and if you know anything about backup catchers they're usually the most talented behind the plate they may just not have the big bat but Eddie was still a good hitter he just didn't hit all the big home runs like Javi did, but he he hit he hit for average, and he was a great receiver. And so that leads me to another conversation I want to have, and that is, um, you know, when you there were about there was a four year period there in the '90s where you and Greg Maddox hit it off, and so you be kind of you became his catcher because obviously everybody can't play every day. I mean, we've seen this for the last couple of years with this organization that we've talked about Marcakis and we've talked about Freddie not playing every day. They're getting a little bit older. They need to take a day off. And that just makes sense. It's a long season. You're running a marathon. And so catchers need a day off too, because that's a tough position. So it just happened that the day off for Javi was going to be when Greg pitched. And that was Eddie's role to, to, to catch Greg. And so I know Greg um, just because I played with him and, and I know he's very cerebral and uh, the way he pitches is very much the same way. So I just kind of want to know how, why you guys hit it off so well and what made him such, uh, so there's two questions, you know, how did you hit it off? And then also, the, uh, you know, why, what made him such a great pitcher? Um, well, first of all, it was not a problem between him and Javi. Everybody thought it was a problem but uh, it works great. I think Bobby did a great job having me catching Greg. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I knew when I'm gonna catch, and Javi knew when he's gonna have his off day. Um, that was that was big. Um, um, 
for for me, uh, uh, having Greg around me was big. Maddox. Um, is uh, I have to stay with him when I didn't, when he didn't pitch. I have to sit with him in the dugout and go through the next game he's gonna pitch. How we gonna pitch? How we gonna do this? He he was very smart. He was very smart and. And have to be on the same page. Something that people don't know that I'm telling people now, especially my minor league catcher, is he he gave me the sign right before he throws the pitch, right after he throws the pitch. It was something that people how he was giving me the sign of the next pitch. So every time he pitched, that was his fastball away, fastball inside, Carter and change it, and then he do it right here, right there. And nobody knew about it. And guess what Skirba was? This is Skirba right here. <laughs> which Not is, surprising. Which is, yeah. Which is, he threw like three or four per game. He got one of the best Skirba in the game, but he only threw four or five. He don't need it. Um, but the other team knew that he was giving pitches away, but they never catch it. They never, they never pick it up. Um, uh, so after two months, I told him, I said, hey, let me call the game now. Don't, don't give me the sign. So he chucked me off twice, the whole game. So I was happy. I said, oh, only two. And I went, hey, hey, next game, I do it. He goes, no. I said, I did good. He goes, no, two is too much. <laughs> so, so, you know, it was stuff like that. He was very smart. He knows about the game. We sit together. We go through the hitters. Now they do that. Um, uh, when, I, when I was a coach, I tried to tell my catchers to do that with the pitchers set together and have the same game plan. Uh, make sure you don't waste any time calling games. So um, that's what we did. Um, like I say, very smart. And uh, why he make him so good? I think uh, he put the ball where he wants it. And, and he can do, I mean, I don't know if he's, this is what I tell everybody, but it's, it's hard for some of you guys to know that this is home play. He never throws anything in the middle. and never threw anything in the middle. It was this corner and this corner. From here he goes like this. And like this, and this corner he do this, and he do that. So that was hard for a hit, for a hitter. That was hard, and uh, he he only threw 91 miles per hour, but he knew where he put the ball. He knew where the hitter stands. Uh, he know what he gonna do and say, hey, he's gonna hit a ground ball right now. He's gonna hit a pop out right now. So I don't think I'm gonna see that again. Uh, and that's that's he study a lot about the game. Uh, he always watch the game. And that's why I'm making Greg Maddox. Yeah, I think he was a, a master at reading uh, reactions to to different pitches. So you know that that makes the game fluid. So if you, if you're watch if you're pitching, you don't have to go with a set game plan because you're if the hitter all of a sudden adjusts to you and you're seeing how he reacts to one of your pitches and you know how that reaction caused the next decision. So that's what it was, and that's really difficult to do because as a pitcher, sometimes you get caught up in the game just like yeah. the hitter does, just like the coach does. But to to be able to to be that uh, cognizant of what's going on to where you're watching the hitter react to your pitches, that's yeah. pretty special. And if it was that easy, there would be a lot of guys doing it. Yeah, it was it was time that I was calling fastballs, and he was change it to change it, and I was be able to catch those. You know, I don't know why, but God gave me the the ability to catch those, go fast when he throws chance. So he do it all the time, and every time he changed it, they were swinging a miss. And I always said, "Why, why you change? Why are you throwing changes?" He go, "I know they they were swinging, 
Okay, whatever. <laughs> well, um, I want to give you guys a chance to ask some questions. We've got some a little bit of time left. So, uh, so anyway, just so you know, this will be on YouTube. Okay, so this is where well, this is live, but it's taped live, and then it'll be shown on YouTube, and then also the audio will be on Apple Music and Spotify and those kind of things. So, uh, we have a microphone. Jeffrey's got a microphone. Does anybody have a question for for Eddie? Um, and um, and then you can hear it live on YouTube. All right, right over here. Who are the most promising catchers that the Braves have in the minor leagues right now? We got two. Um, Last year, we had one, but now we got two. We signed uh, the number one draft, Langerlier. Uh, he's, he's, he's really good. And I think Williams Contreras, the brother of Wilson Contreras, those two guys are, for me, are they're going to be up here. And I hope it's sooner, but I would say two years. But they're ready to go. Will they both be in AAA this year? They got, oh, We don't know yet, but I'm, I'm trying to make them both go to the same place. Uh, and and I think I think Double A is, is is the place. I think Mississippi they need to go out there and play together and and see who's 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 gonna do good. Yeah. Okay. Got a question right here. Okay. How would you say the Braves farm system plays a role in building a championship team? Um, it, 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 we're doing really good, even when even the, all the problems we have. Everybody knows that we cannot sign anybody international in the next. Well, I think next year that's when we're going to start. It's been three or four years that we're not going to sign any more Ronald Acuñas and, and all those guys because everybody knows what happened. But we're still good. You know, last year out of 50 guys that we draft, we signed 48 guys. And and I think only 12 came from high school. They're all college kids. So um, it, it, that is going to be very good for us. I think – our number one guys are good players. We got kids from all over the places, and um, and they're going to be really good in a couple of years. They're going to be really good. And and you know, in the minor leagues, when we play, we got to we got to win, win games. Now you make those players win in the big leagues. You don't worry about uh, make sure they they winning games and all that stuff. Make sure you want them to be a good player and. Uh, they're representative of the brave, not only as a good player, but as a good person and a good citizen, too. All right, right over here. What was your most memorable game? <sighs> I don't have that many, so. I think I think 99, winning the um, the MVP and the NLCS, I think uh, the game against the Mets. Um, I, I, I started playing, but I didn't finish that game. The, winning that series, for me, was the biggest game. Uh, ever, that I ever played. Um, I always uh, before that one. I always said the game that he, the, he don't remember, but my first game in the big league, my first homer, you got the save. Uh, John Small threw eight innings, and then you came and you got the save, and I, I got my first. It was a homer. I never got that ball, by the way, because I went too far. Um, <laughs> but uh, you want my save ball? <laughs> so, so to me, it was that was the biggest game. Uh, but now, uh, 99 winning the NLCS for me is the biggest game ever. Yeah, 10 hits, two home runs. That series, pretty big, right there. Batted 500. And you know what? 20. The thing is, I never thought about my numbers. All I want to be is the Mets. I'm sorry if there's any Mets fans here, but I just want to be the no Mets. Mets fans I here. hope so. You never know. You never know. You never know. There better not be. No, I'm just teasing. But um, they're, they're, I just want to 
win. I just want to beat them because they were they were talking too much and they were. And and then at the end of the series, I said, Eddie, you're the MVP. I said, me, I didn't do much. And then I saw my saw my numbers. It was 500. Uh, I think it's still the highest buying average as for catchers in the playoffs. So, and all because I want to win. What is going to be our course of action at the position of catcher for the upcoming season? Well, that's that's not my decisions or not make that's those guys up there. Um, but you, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm worried about that. I, I, you know what? I like Alex Jackson. I think he's a good catcher. Um, he's not hitting well here, but I think he's going to hit. Uh, three years ago, he was one of the best hitters in the Arizona uh, League, and uh, I think he's going to be okay. But, you know, I think we have to look for somebody. That's that's my opinion. Um, um, those kids are, are not ready. Uh, they, they know. They, you know, Alex is very smart. I think he's going to be okay uh, looking for somebody. Um, he did a great job last year getting Cervelli in. And McCann and Flowers and and they, they they know what they need to do. But you know our kids are not ready. Uh, I think they're going to be in the big league. I think they're going to be in an All Star game one day. I think they 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 got the the talent to be a really good players in the big league, good catchers. And 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 we see. Uh, to me, two years. But you never know. I hope I hope they they come up earlier. Yeah, I think what's important for us is that I think we've got plenty of firepower in our lineup when you think about who we have hitting in the first, second, third, fourth, fifth hole, that catching, I think the most important thing is to make sure that they can work with our pitchers. We've got a young pitching staff we're trying to develop. You know, you don't, we don't, I don't think we're looking for our, our catchers to be the four-hole hitter. So I think that's where we want to make sure we get the right guys and um, we can go for somebody that's maybe a little bit more of a um, a guy like Eddie, right? I would make a lot of money right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Do you think you'll coach the Braves anytime soon? That's, that's not my decision. But I, I, you know what? I'm, I like what I do. I, I love what I do. I like the big league coaches that we have right now. You know what? One of the best in the big leagues. Um, uh, and I hope that we keep those guys together. Um, it's going to be tough because we have a lot of talent uh, in our coaching staff. Uh, they can be managing any team in the big leagues. I'm talking about um, Ron Washington, uh, um, Wise, all those guys. They can be they can be managing everywhere. And, and the other guys, they can be doing a lot of better thing or good thing in other teams. But we need them here. Um, being the big leagues, I think that's that's my next goal. But I enjoy what I'm doing right now, and, and most of the thing that I do is spend time at home, which is I never did that in 30 some years. So, who was your favorite teammate? Great, my Michael. <laughs> you know what? I, I play job, with man. a lot. Of, I play with a lot of people, a lot of players, and. Um, it's, it's funny because um, to me, uh, the guy that was still good friends, we talk all the time, is Omar Vizquel. Omar Vizquel. I played one year in Cleveland, but before that, I hate Omar Vizquel. We used to play in Venezuela, win a ball, and he played in a different team. And every, every time it was a fight, I was going straight to him. And he would keep saying, why do you look for I don't like you. I don't like you. <laughs> but then they trained me to Cleveland in a spring training in, in 02. And he was the first guy waiting for me in the clubhouse. And, and he go, welcome. Let's, oh All right. And then we became good friends, and we're still good friends. And, you know, I play with Andres Galarraga, Javi Lopez. We're still talking. They're a good friend. But I think uh, Omar is always 
you know, he always asking me about my family, about my friends, about everybody. I think Omar Rizka is the number one. You know, Venezuela is a big country, but the players that come from there, I noticed that whether it's the Dominican or Colombia or, you know, Mexico, that you know all the guys from your country, you know, that have come up. And if not, you know their parents. Like, you know, you think about um, – you know, Ronald Acuna and, you know, just different things. So the guys that are in the big leagues now, how many of those guys did you play against their dads? Have you, have you seen – I know from my old teammates, I mean, I think about Dwight Smith and think about Dante Bichette, you know, and yeah. guys that are coming up and um, Biggio and, uh, of course, there's three of them on the you know, well, Toronto I, team. I, I, I played with uh, Ronald Acuna's dad. Yeah. And, and I coached him too. I was his manager. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> but uh, but you know it's a lot like the Toronto Blue Jays. They got all those guys that we play against each other. They're really good, and it's more common too. In minor league, every time I watch a game in the minor league, that's the kid. That's the son of this guy. Remember when he pitched against you? I remember. I met a lot the day the day before, so I don't know. But he, he it's a lot of minor league players that their dad play in the big leagues or minor leagues. So. All right, who else? We got time for one more. Okay. It seems like we've had problems over the last few years getting runners in from scoring position and that there's more importance in trying to hit a home run rather than getting them in one at a time. Your thoughts? Well, you know what? It's, it's, I always give credit to the pitchers. You know, even, even I, I, it's hard. You know, it's, it's not easy to step out there and face one of those guys. Now they throw 98 plus. When we play, nobody throw that hard. And, and, and I think I always say, if you make the right pitch, you're going to get the hitters out. Uh, and that's what they do. That's what they do. You know, uh, I mean, our numbers are not bad uh, with running and scoring position. I think you, you're watching the no, you look at the numbers in the last couple of months. But before that, we were really good. And, and I think it's, it's hard. It's hard. And playing 45,000 people, you try to do good. Uh, you don't want to walk. You don't want to stroke out. So what do you go when you got there? You just want to swing the bat. Hopefully you can hit that little white thing, you know. So, but it's you know I always give credit to the pitcher. I always give to if you, I always believe if you make the right pitch, you're gonna make the hitters out. And and it's tough for a hitter. For a hitter, you know, pitchers right there in your face and and they try to get you out. Um, so it's, it's it's tough. It's tough. That's that's. I mean, it's it's it's. It's, it's numbers in there that you're not doing good with bases loaded, but, you know, it's, it's all the good things that you have. That's why we make it all the way. That's why we won our, our division, because we have one of the best teams in the big leagues. Playoff is a different time. You know, that's – and I think, like I said earlier, you learn from every game. I think we learn from this playoff. And I think next year we're going to be better. And I'm tired to say that. And I know you guys are tired to hear we get them next year. But I think this, that's, that's a process, and I think they're learning, and next year we're going to be ready to go. I know that, that we make some mistakes, but that's, why, that's how you learn. That's how you learn, and you, you keep that. You, you learn how to not to do it, and then you're ready to go next year. So we're going to be okay. Yeah, it's interesting because back when uh, I was pitching, of course the pitchers, we always want more runs, and, and uh, the teams that we played on – we weren't scoring seven, eight runs a game. We were winning three to two, two to one, four to three, because we had the best pitching staff in the big leagues. 
So we always wanted more runs too. And we were like, why can't we get more guys in from second base? You know, why can't we get more guys on? So I, I think that's just, I'm a fan now, like you. I mean, even though I work for the Braves, I'm a fan. I watch, I follow. Um, but then I also hear from the alumni. So, you know, we, I think we always ask those questions. How does this team get better? So I think sometimes it's easy to focus on what, where, where we're short. You know, could we have a better staff? Could we have a better seventh hole hitter? And I think that's just the nature of us being fans. We just want our team to be better. And we look at the places that they can do better. But I do know there's a cultural shift in the game of baseball. So maybe the game that you grew up with is different nowadays. The game that I grew up with is a little different. They don't necessarily think about bunting a runner over. They don't think about hitting runs. They don't think about those kind of things. They think about how do I lift the ball and, and I want to either hit it out or I want to be out. So that's something that's just different. Um, I'm not saying it's better. Or I'm not saying it's worse. I'm just saying it's different nowadays. And I think as fans, we have to realize that we've gone through a cultural shift in the game of baseball. And so pitching is different. The way they're approaching the hitters, uh, hitters are different. The way the hitters are approaching the pitchers are different. So that's just the where we are in the game. And so um, believe me, I hear about it every day from my alumni of why, <laughs> why is this and why is that? And so, um, but like Eddie's, you know, he's have to, for him to be a coach, he's going to have to adjust and, and, and view the game a little differently than he did 10, 15 years ago when he first started coaching. So, well, I just want to thank you guys so much for being here, being a part of our podcast. Again, um, we appreciate you subscribing, uh, rating, reviewing. You can do that all on uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, we appreciate your feedback. If you have listened to the show before, uh, I have a co-host named Ricky Mass with MLB. He's actually on vacation. He said he needed a break from me, but uh, he will be back um, uh, next week. Uh, we're actually in the off season. We're every other week. So during the season starting April, we're every week. But uh, right now, every other week, we're going to be going to the winter meetings. Uh, but we talk about everything from fantasy camp to the game of baseball to uh, what's going on uh, with alumni and current players. So we'd love to have you be a part of our, our listening audience. And like I said, this is going to be on YouTube. This will be on Apple Music, and you can get it. I do have some cards up here. I'll stick around. Love to meet you and talk to you a little bit about uh, more about what we're doing. So, But thank you so much. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Hey, Braves country. We just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe Behind the Braves presented by Billy Reed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Braves.com slash Behind the Braves, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.